Welcome to our teaching series on the Four Oaks Midtown podcast. Uh, our goal is to just get the Word of God into your daily routine. I mean, I think we're all busy. It's sometimes difficult to get into the Word, and this is something that I hope will help make the Bible accessible to people. You know, you can just pop in your earbuds, your AirPods, whatever, and go on a run. You're doing chores. You're at work and you're just doing something. Uh, well, you probably shouldn't listen to this while you're at work. Or if you're going to do that, do it really discreetly. But uh, we want this to be something you can do on the go. Um, the Word of God is so important. It's how God transforms our lives. And so often, we don't really want to actually study it and dig into it. And so hopefully I can stoke some of that in you, that by listening to this, you get excited to dig into the Word of God yourself. And maybe I can help guide you on that journey just a little bit. And uh, the book that we're going to look at and the series that we're going to start is the book of Ephesians. And the series title is The Riches of His Grace. And uh, that's uh, that's really what Ephesians is about. It's about the overwhelming grace of God and how that flows from his infinite, unchanging, good, loving character. And one of the things that you find in the book of Ephesians is that the proper response to God's grace is gratitude, right? It's, it's gratitude for how good and merciful he really is. And sometimes we, we have trouble being grateful to God. I mean, we, we are forgetful of the wonderful things he's done in our lives. We're forgetful of all the things that he's promised. Uh, but most of all, we're forgetful of, of who he's revealed himself to be, his character. I mean, God is good, not because of the, the nice things he does for us, though he does many incredible things. God is good simply because that is who he is. He is goodness. And because God is good because he's blessed. I mean, that's what the apostle Paul who wrote Ephesians refers to him as. He, he refers to him as the blessed God. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We always have a reason to be grateful. We always have a reason to bless God. We always, we always have a reason to praise him because that is simply who he is. And you got to understand the apostle Paul is writing the book of Ephesians from prison. And He's not writing because, you know, he's, he's trying to put a nice spin on his life. Now, Roman prison cells are terrible. There's no windows. It's not sanitary at all. I mean, he's basically living in a box in the ground. And he's writing this letter in Ephesians to encourage the saints. It's likely a letter that was circulated around multiple churches to remind everybody about how good God is and how we ought to respond with gratitude. So Paul is speaking from the, the pits of his own experience in jail and saying, there is so much to be grateful for. I have so much praise in my heart. I have so much joy in my heart despite my terrible circumstances. And because God has given us all these blessings in Christ, we have no excuse but to be grateful to God. And that's really what we want to get to as we read Ephesians. So today we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. I'm going to read it and we're going to dive into it and see what the Lord opens up for us. This is Ephesians chapter 1. 
Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. And in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And in him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And in him you also, when you, were, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. There's so much truth in here. And when you've got a guy writing from jail, probably approaching his death, and he writes a letter, you're gonna get his best stuff. You're gonna get the most important parts of his theology and his outlook on life. And that's exactly what we get in Ephesians chapter one. We get the lowdown on all the blessings we have in Christ. Listen to what he says. He says that God has blessed us in Jesus Christ with every spiritual blessing by choosing us in him before the foundation of the world. So God's love for us is not based on anything in us. He didn't choose us because he thought we'd be the varsity squad of really holy people. No, he chose us out of his free love to be his people. And, and he chose us not just to, to be his people, but to be a people formed to be holy and blameless before him. And he did this motivated by love. In love, he predestined for us. Don't be afraid of that word. His predestination of us means that God did not look into the future and go, oh, that, that looks like a good guy. That looks like a guy that's pretty moral. That looks like a guy that would, or a girl that would really be faithful. You know, he, he says, no, 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 no. I'm going to choose sinners. I'm gonna predestine rebels to be my children, to be adopted to me in Jesus Christ. Think about adoption, right? When you adopt somebody, you are willingly taking on the burden of their life to take care of them, to be their parent. Right? You don't owe that to them. You do owe that to your biological children, but if you choose to bring someone into your family, that is an act of, of grace. And even more so when it's not just you know, a helpless child, but, but an enemy, somebody who is hostile to you, and then you decide to bring them into your family. That's the kind of overwhelming grace that God shows to us in Jesus Christ. And, and how does he do it? Well, in verse seven, it says, we have redemption through his blood. Re redemption is a term of being bought out of slavery, being bought from one master and belonging to a new one. And the price of us being bought out of slavery to sin, to be slaves of God, essentially, is Jesus's blood, which forgives our trespasses, our sins. His blood purifies us and pays for our guilt. And not only does it pay for our guilt, but it's done according to the riches of God's grace that he lavishes upon us. Think about that. 
you know, God's not stingy. He's, he's not saying, oh, I've got to just go save these sinners and I wish I could do something else. No, he he says, I la- I heap it upon them. I'm, I'm, I'm just overwhelmingly abundant in my pouring on of grace to sinners. I lavish it. And, and that's what's behind his motivation to love us. He doesn't run out of grace. It's, it's a bank account that never goes empty. He doesn't lose anything by showing us mercy. He is infinite and full of grace, grace enough to cover all of our trespasses. So he lavishes it upon us and he does it with wisdom and insight. It's, it's part of his good and wise plan to do this through this particular means. How does God show us grace? He shows it to us in Christ. He has made known to us the mystery of his will and his purpose, which is summed up in Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, God is enacting his plan at the right time to, listen to this, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So God's redemption is cosmic. God is not just saving individual sinners to himself, but he's going to redeem the world. You think about Romans 8, where it talks about how creation is groaning with longing for the revelation of the adoption of God's sons. Meaning that that when we are fully redeemed, when we are resurrected on the last day, all of creation itself will be redeemed. So God is after making all things new by restoring them to his original intent. And that's the inheritance that we have in verses 11 through 14. We have been predestined according to his purpose, according to his will, not according to our performance or our goodness, to an inheritance. What's that inheritance? It's eternal life. It's life with God in God's world. It's the resurrection that we will find. And it's the new world that God will create that we will inhabit with him. And here's the great news. This glorious future with God is open to everybody. Anyone who will trust in Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says in verse 13. In Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth and believed in him, were sealed with the spirit. You heard the word of truth, the good news of salvation. And when you heard the gospel and you believed it, God gives you his Holy Spirit, which seals you. It's a guarantee of eternal life. The idea is sort of like an engagement ring. When a guy proposes, he's saying, here is a down payment. Here is a a token of my love for you and my commitment to you that will be fully given at the wedding, right? And so when God gives us the spirit, it's a down payment. It's it's God saying, I'm going to dwell in you as a promise that everyone who has my spirit, who believes in my word, will inherit this new creation I'm creating, will inherit eternal life, will spend eternity with me. And Paul says, this hope is not just for those who were the first to hope in Christ, speaking of the Jews, but also to you, speaking to the Gentiles, and really by extension, speaking to all of us. So what matters here isn't ethnicity, it isn't class, it isn't gender. What matters is faith. What matters is do you believe the word of good news that the blessed God has sent his son to unite, to unite all things to himself, to lavish his grace upon sinners, to forgive their trespasses by his blood. And all we have to do is receive that gift to turn our eyes away from ourselves toward the riches of his grace.
Make sure you subscribe to this podcast. We'll be back next Friday with the next episode. Let your friends know about this. And I hope that this blesses you and encourages you to be in the word yourself.